Hello and welcome to Crossing the 49th, the cross-border tax and financial planning podcast. I'm your host, Phil Hogan, and today we're going to talk about Americans selling their principal residences in Canada. Welcome to the Cross-Border Tax and Financial Planning Podcast with Phil Hogan, where we discuss, demystify, and help break down cross-border issues. Now, here's your host, Phil Hogan. Okay, so this is a question we get lots. We get this question lots from existing clients and prospective clients. So Americans living in Canada selling their principal residences. What does this mean from a tax perspective? Um, We'll talk about some planning around that. And I actually have some calculators that I'll show you that we can kind of walk through one of these case studies. So let's start first with the um, Canadian side. How are principal residents treated for Canadian purposes? So simply, if you purchase your principal residence, live in your principal residence, and then subsequently sell your principal residence, and you have a gain on that property, in most cases, that gain will be tax-free. So we'll walk through. So let's show the calculator now. So we have A calculator that I've kind of mocked up here. And what I'd like to do is actually um, do an online version of this with some inputs. So individuals can input their purchase price, their selling price, um, the date they purchased the property, the date they sold the property, and hopefully gives you a general idea of what the gain on the um, Canadian and US side might might be. Uh, So if we look here, as an example, Canadian property purchased for $300,000. $300,000. And, you know, I've just put some rates in here for now, but, you know, what you would want to do for, uh, and we'll talk about the US side in a little bit, what you want to do for US purposes, you need to get the rate at which you uh, purchase the property at um, in the calculator as well. But just for Canadian purposes, you know, you purchased the property for $300,000, you did $100,000 of improvements to the property, and then eventually you sell the property for $1.5 million. You have a net gain on the property of $1.1 million. Now, if you lived in the property the whole time and it was your main home, that full gain should be exempt, assuming, I mean, there's some rules with respect to larger homes um, that are on large parcels of land. But if you're under those thresholds, the full amount of the gain will be tax-free. So you sell your property for 1.5, your original cost 300, you put $100,000 of um, improvements into it, Um, your gain is 1.1, your exclusion is 1.1, so zero Canadian tax. Now, uh, a couple years ago, the um, CRA required that that sale be included on a T2091 form. So we'll look at that form right now. So this is just a form that we designate the property that we've sold as our principal residence property. And don't forget, this form actually has quite high penalty if it's not filed on time. So um, I think $100 a month to a maximum of um, $8,000. So a, a huge penalty if you miss this uh, this form. So when you do the disposition on Schedule 3, there'll be some um, Schedule 3 is the schedule where you list out your capital gains and losses. There'll be some questions on that form with respect to principal residences that will lead you to this 2091 form. So essentially, pretty straightforward if the principal residence was your principal residence or the home sale was your principal residence for the whole period of time that you owned it. Uh, So the address of the property, the year of acquisition, the proceeds of disposition, then you kind of outline the years in which you own the property and how many years uh, was that property your principal residence and then you sign it and then we, you know, e-file it or or, or send it in. Uh, Now in cases where the property was not your principal residence for the whole time you owned it. You might have purchased a property, rented it out, uh, moved into it, and there's some special elections that need to be filed if that's the case. Or if you 
purchased a lot and you built on it and it wasn't your principal residence for a couple of years before you actually moved in, your capital gains exclusion or your, um, your, your gain exemption will be prorated for those years. So we're not going to get into this today, uh, but just know that if the property was not your principal residence for the full amount of time that you own the property, then there'll be um, potentially a, a gain in some extra tax. But for purposes of this conversation, we're just going to assume that it was your principal residence for the whole time that you own the property. Okay, now let's talk about what this means on the US side. So for US purposes, the rules are completely different. So we don't have unlimited principal residence exemptions in the US. So what, what they have is assuming that you've been in the property for two out of the last five years, you will receive a capital gains exemption for the property, but only $250,000 if, um, if you're a joint filer or married filing separately, or $500,000 capital gains exemption for a joint filed return. Um, so we can see this on the calculator here. So let's walk through this for US purposes. So for US purposes, what we would do is we have our proceeds that were 1.5 million in Canada. I just use you know average rates here just for illustration purposes. But at 1.5 for Canadian purposes um, converts to 1.2 proceeds for US, and then we have the original cost basis at a different rate. What you don't want to do is calculate the gain on the Canadian side and then uh, convert that at an average rate. You'll get a completely incorrect number. So you have to have a rate at purchase and a rate at sale. Um, so then your original cost base for US purposes is um, 272,000. Um, your improvements of 100,000 Canadian after conversion, 90,000. So your net gain loss for US purposes is 836,000. Now we're gonna assume for purposes of this case study that this is a joint couple that sold the principal residence. They lived in the property two out of the last five years, so they do get their $500,000 US uh, uh, exemption. Uh, so their net gain for US purposes is 336,000. And I'm going to assume here as well that they're in the highest marginal rate for US purposes, uh, which is 20% for capital gains. And then of course, this lovely tax that, that continues on with the 1040, the um, net investment income tax of 3.8%. So your overall tax on the net gain after the exclusion should be 24%. So that's an $80,000 um, tax hit on a principal residence sale in the US where you actually have no tax in Canada at all. So it's really nice to kind of illustrate this with a calculator because when we're going through consults and we're having these conversations it can be kind of hard to to really um visualize this so and, and once again what i'd like to do and I'm, I'm actually starting to work on this is actually provide a calculator for online and really i would only need a few inputs where we'd have uh, somebody would put in the date they purchased the home maybe the date they did some improvements and maybe multiple improvements and then the date they uh, sold the home uh, and then some other check boxes for whether you're single or joint, whether you got a $250,000 exemption or 500. Uh, and that should give you, now once again, this is not a calculator that you'd wanna use for tax purposes. Uh, you'd wanna get a, a, a good um, practitioner to help you with that. But this will give you a general sense of whether you will have a gain on the US side or, or not. So uh, yeah, look out for that. Hopefully um, that calculator, and I'd like to build a bunch of other calculators for the website because I think they'd be really, really helpful to, um, to our our community. Okay, so let's go back here. So we have, we talked about how principal residents are treated for Canadian purposes. We talked about how they're treated for US purposes. Now, what happens in a, like in a case like we just saw there where you actually end up having US tax owing on your principal residence sale? Is there anything you can do? Is there any planning that can be done? Now, if we step back before we actually sold the principal residence, and we're not going to get into the weeds about this, but there are some 
potential planning options for gifting homes to uh, specifically non-US spouses um, and maybe some relatives. But once again, there's a lot of risk in that planning. It requires a ton of planning. Um, so if that's something that, that you want to chat about, please reach out. We're not going to get into that today. But um, but what happens if you actually do end up owing US tax on your, your Canadian principal residence sale? So maybe two things we're going to go over today. One is if you, on the US side, if you happen to have capital loss carry forwards already available. So let's say in previous years, you had you know some stocks or properties that you sold at a loss and you have a $100,000 loss, that $300,000 net gain on the US side can get reduced by the $100,000 loss and you can use that amount. So that might be one way to reduce down your, um, your US tax li uh, liability. Another way will be, and we can show you here via foreign tax credit. So there might be a case where for US purposes, and this is different than Canadian purposes. So for US purposes, when you um, incur foreign taxes, so you pay Canadian foreign taxes, and then you get an offsetting credit on the US return, to the extent that you don't use all your Canadian taxes, they actually carry forward over to uh, subsequent years, which is really nice. So let's say you had, and of course, foreign tax credits are going to be pooled into certain categories. So we have general foreign tax credit carry forwards for things like pensions and employment income and business. And then we have passive foreign tax credit carry forwards for things like um, interest and dividends, um, rental, um, capital gains. So in cases where you actually do have carry forwards, you'll be able to use those carry forwards on, and we'll look at this, uh, form 1116. So, and we won't go through, you know, how to complete this form because um, that's beyond the scope of this conversation. But you'll see down here, um, we'll have amounts carry forward from uh, previous years that we can use to offset any tax that we have in the U.S. So that's nice. So, we, you know, two things you want to look out for. If you have losses on your U.S. returns from previous years, you might be able to use them. If you have foreign tax credit carry forwards on the passive side, you might be able to use those to offset U.S. tax. Um, so in cases where you're not transferring the property um, and you do have a disposition, what you probably want to do if you can is beforehand, and this is why I really want to get this calculator up, is really make sure that you understand whether you're going to have a gain or not on the, um, on, on the US side. And what we see a lot, you know, Americans moving uh, to Canada, they'll have a principal residence in the US. What you want to make sure, and this is going to be different than a Canadian property, because when you move to Canada, uh, your properties are revalued for tax purposes. So you likely won't pay a lot of tax on any gains that you um, have on your US principal residence. But if you move to Canada and you don't sell your principal residence, you want to make sure that it is at least sold uh, within two years of moving to Canada. Because if you don't meet that two uh, out of five year rule for the US side, you don't get a $250,000 exemption or you don't get the, the 500,000 joint filed exception. So that's really important. So don't leave Canada, leave your principal residence down there and start renting it out. Because if it's really, um, if it's accumulated in value quite a bit, you're going to miss out on a pretty significant um, capital gain um, exemption. Okay, so we spoke about how the Canadian uh, government treats principal residence sales, how the US government treats principal residence sales, and then potentially some planning around what you might be able to um, to do. I'm just going to close this with saying, of course, you know, so much of this has to do with with planning before a transaction happens. I mean, it's very difficult to, uh, you know, kind of outline strategies for individuals that have come in that have already sold their principal residence, because uh, it can be quite a shock, obviously, where I mean, you look in this example here, where, you know, most people in their heads, they think sell the principal residence tax free, and then they go to do it. And they realize there's an $80,000 tax bill that they'll have to pay the next year. I mean, that's not something that most people would be very happy about figuring out. So, you know, once again, reaching out to somebody well ahead of time to, 
to be able to kind of just assess what the US tax might look like is a great idea. And once again, that's the reason why I'm going to try to develop this calculator. Um, I might even I mean, it might be a good idea just to make this this Excel public just so people can kind of go and play around with it. It's a little challenging, though, because if multiple p people are in there, maybe they can take a copy. So um, I'll post um, updates on this on, on the Facebook page, uh, just so everybody can see. Um, once again, big thanks to everybody that's been supporting the channel. We have uh, we're probably over 420 subscribers on YouTube right now, which is really great for a small niche channel like this. Um, everybody at the Facebook Americans in Canada uh, group has been amazing. Um, awesome community. Thank you all for just your contributions. Um, just great engagement over there. Um, if you need to reach me, phil at philhogan.com. Uh, you can um, text or call 250-661-9417. And of course, thanks again for all the support and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Cross-Border Tax and Financial Planning Podcast. For recaps of this show and more information on how to reach Phil Hogan, please visit crossborderpros.net or hutchison.ca. Please note that the information contained in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be constituted as professional advice.